Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The community leaders have been, have been fighting for this moment for decades, um, and now the growth in our community is such that uh, the leaders of the city have agreed that an Asian majority uh, ward's time has finally come. I think part of this also is that our, our community members are showing up in different ways that they haven't in the past. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is Nicole Lee, newly appointed alderman, or alder person, I should say, of Chicago's 11th Ward. Nicole, thanks for joining us. Happy opening day. Thank you, Fran. It's great to be here. Um, happy opening day to my north side neighbors, to Alderman Tunney. I wish you well today. Yeah, I was about to say, it's opening day for me. I'm a Cub fan. You are not. It's not technically opening day for you. You're a Sox no. fan. The Sox don't open until tomorrow. And no, they, next yes, week that's right. Their home opener is not until next week. And will you be there? I will. Yeah. How big a Sox fan are you? I used to watch the fireworks out my bedroom window. Lake Park. Yeah. Okay. Do you have fond memories of childhood games that you went to with your dad? We didn't make it to very many games. I, I do recall school trips being on the field once when I was younger and in high school, getting to meet, uh, getting to meet, I think, Ozzy Gian. He came to visit Whitney Young once and I was a yearbook photographer. So that was exciting. And did you play sports in high school? I did. I was. I did a couple of things in high school. Fun fact: I was actually on the uh, the pom pom squad for a year, but I played varsity girls volleyball. So I was the captain of the volleyball team. Okay. One of my great regrets in life is missing Title IX by one year, and so oh, I boy. didn't have that chance. And that was really tough because I was most athletic in my high school class. But full disclosure, I was a twirler. You were a pom-pom person, but I couldn't <laughs> do a split, so I couldn't be a cheerleader. On March 25th, an emotional Mayor Lori Lightfoot made political history in Chicago by appointing you as the first Asian-American woman and the first Chinese-American ever to serve on the Chicago City Council. Chinese Americans arrived in Chicago, you've said, in the 1880s. What took so long for them to get representation in city council? Fran, I'm not a historian, so I really can't tell you why it's taken all of this time. What I can tell you is just what I see today and what I've observed in my lifetime that community leaders have been have been fighting for this moment for decades, and now the growth in our community is such that the leaders of the city have agreed that an Asian majority uh, ward's time has finally come. I think part of this also is that our our community members are showing up in different ways that they haven't in the past for whatever reasons. Yeah, at your confirmation hearing, older people from across the city offered you the help if you needed it. Have you had to phone a friend yet? How's it going? 
so far it's going really well. All of the all of my colleagues have been so generous with their offers of support and advice and just if I if I need to phone a friend and I, I have a, another friend who asked if I'd made any older buddies. I feel like I I've had many offers in this way. So yeah, I've talked to I've talked to a few of my colleagues just having gone to my first committee meetings this week and getting my head wrapped around all that. Yeah, where you didn't say a word. Do you, do you believe in the listen, keep your mouth shut, your ears open kind of school of philosophy? I'm, in general, more of a listener first. I don't believe in keeping my mouth shut just because I should keep my mouth shut. That's not it at all. When I have something to say, I'll be saying it. Yeah, but you need to learn first. There's a lot to learn, I'm sure. <laughs> there is an immense amount to learn, absolutely. Yeah. When you took over, you declared several top priorities. First on the list was getting a handle on city services, given the fact that the 11th Ward had been without an older person since Patrick Daly Thompson's conviction. What kind of a mess or did you inherit a mess? Was there a backlog? I wouldn't call it a mess. I think that there uh, there absolutely was a backlog uh, because there are certain things that only an alderman um, could approve. So I'm, I'm still getting my arms wrapped around all of those things, but things like requests for permits, I'm getting up to speed on zoning change requests, as well as things like block parties. There's an Easter egg roll um, or an Easter egg hunt in the, in the neighborhood this weekend. I've got to sign off on those things too. Yeah, I remember Jane Byrne, when she took office, she talked about not even a mouse was in the filing cabinets. Uh, were the <laughs> records intact? Yeah, all, so the staff that worked for my predecessor, they're still here. And they, my hat's off to them for keeping things moving while there was not an older person here to, to lead in that way. But they continued to serve um, the residents of the 11th Ward. Their files here, get, again, getting brought up to speed on all of the things that are in the work and in the pipeline. That's my main priority right now is just making sure that we're addressing those requests that have either been not answered yet or are in a little bit of limbo. So I'm going to be using all of the contacts that I've been making the, over the course of this, the first two weeks are meeting department heads from the various city, city departments to make sure that my residents have everything that they need. What's the biggest backlog? I don't know. I can tell you that right now, just sheer numbers wise. I, I will say that zoning requests and, and permits for things like signs are sitting there. I just got my city email recently, so I'm, I'm getting trained on how to use the systems for approvals too. And I'm not going to just sign everything at will. Like I've got to really understand what I'm looking at um, and understand what I'm going to be approving and, and process that led to that. And if I've got questions, I'm going to ask them. You moved right into the 11th Ward office that has long been occupied by committeeman John Daly and was occupied by his now convicted nephew, Patrick Daly Thompson. You did that, you say, because that's where your constituents know to go. What exactly is your relationship with the Daly family? My relationship with the Daly family is in process right now. I'm getting to know the committeeman who's the head of the, the 11th district, excuse me, 11th ward Democratic Party. There's two 11ths here. He's the 11th district county commissioner too. He welcomed me to use the office. Um, and I thought that would be the best thing for the residents here. This is where everybody knows they're going to pick up their sock stickers. And it didn't seem to me that it would be a good thing for the residents if I were to try to find set up shops some other place. 
my my right. goal in taking over this role was really make sure that there wasn't a disruption and minimizing that as much as possible. But your dad worked for Richard M. Daly as deputy chief of staff. Didn't the Daly family your whole life? I, I always assumed that. No, I didn't. My my dad's work was my dad's work. So you never met the Daly family? No, I didn't say that. Okay, I, so what, I, what I, exactly, I have, when did you meet them and what do you know about them and how do you expect to have a, a close working relationship with John Daly? So I think I've, I've probably met the former Mayor Daly a couple times when I was younger at events. That was the extent of it. Um, my relationship with with John Daly thus far has been great in terms of working together to make sure that we've got the the uh, the 11th ward residents in mind. He's been very helpful in introducing me and to residents in the community. We've been to a couple of senior meetings together, and, and that's I'm hoping that we have a good working relationship. You know, this is this ward is is changing, and I think that together we're going to be able to um, make the 11th ward, the best ward it can be. Yeah. And Patrick Daly Thompson, normally when there's a transition, you'd have the former alderman meeting with the new alderman and showing them the ropes and transitioning power, just like mayors do when they change and they have a transition. Has Patrick Daly Thompson been helpful or no? A lot of people have been helpful in this transition. I have had one opportunity to speak with the former alderman about uh, about a zoning request change, just because I needed to understand where something was on something that he was working on previously. But just that one matter, not an overall kind of transition-y type meeting. No, I'm still getting to understand what all is involved in the job, understanding where all of the key contacts are with the various departments. So no, there, there hasn't been any uh, sort of formal transition. Shouldn't there be? It wasn't your fault that he got himself in trouble and got convicted. Shouldn't he help you and try to ease the transition for you? I've been getting um, a lot of support from a lot of different places. So um, I'm going to keep moving forward in that way. And I think where I need um, some assistance and really from his perspective, because he had his hands on it, I'll reach out to him and, and get the information I need that, that way. Were you surprised by the conviction? I have no, I don't really have a position on that, to be honest. I mentioned previously I wasn't really paying attention to politics as much just a couple months ago. Yeah, okay. Your father, Gene Lee, was known as the mayor of Chinatown. He served Richard M. Daley, as I mentioned before, as deputy chief of staff. In 2014, he pleaded guilty to embezzlement and tax fraud after admitting to stealing thousands of dollars from some Chinese organizations, benevolent organizations. That must have been an incredibly painful episode for your family. What can you tell us about that? I can tell you that, as you can imagine, it was a, a difficult time and was proud of my dad for taking responsibility um, for his actions and where we've moved past that at this point. On the one hand, you loved and admired your dad. He was a role model for you about hard work and dedication and public service. And on the other hand, you must have been embarrassed. 
I absolutely love and respect my father and all of the contributions that he's made. And it was a difficult time. What did you learn from that period and watching the pain and anguish that your your family went through? I think I learned the value of taking responsibility and, and I had a lot of respect for my father for doing that. And he's a human being. I think that was one big thing that I took away from that too, where none of us are without without flaws or fault. And we make mistakes and the, the best thing that we can do is to take responsibility and own those. Those yeah, are ours. And you had the opportunity to do that when you had the bankruptcy filing in your own life. How did that come about and what lessons did you take from your dad that you used for that one? As I've said before, when I've been asked this question, the bankruptcy, no, I don't think anybody ever wants to file for bankruptcy, but it's there uh, as a tool to, to help individuals who've fallen on hard times. Um, I was... Post-divorce, we bought at all of the wrong times, and we had properties between us that we weren't able to that we weren't able to sell because we were underwater, like so many other people were. And in order to protect ourselves with whatever we had left, my ex-husband and I both filed for bankruptcy. And, and you know what happened? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, excuse me. I think it's a matter of public record. My filed for bankruptcy, but my case was dismissed. Not the, and then my debts were not discharged. So ultimately, I still I took care and settled all of my debts in a responsible way. Now I'm here. All right. And you were accused at that point of, of misstating the the finances and uh, what what happened there? I worked with a bankruptcy attorney that advised me um, on the process. And when when the judgment came back, he and I made a decision that it was better not to try to move forward with contesting that. And I went ahead and did what I had to do to settle the remainder of the debt. And has anybody brought it up? You said it could be an issue if they want to make it an issue. Has anyone made it an issue or do they understand? I'm not sure who you're referring to right now. Your constituents. Has anybody no, even I mean, mentioned it? No, I haven't had a constituent ask me about it. Not yet. And I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. It's a matter of public record. It's a real life thing that happened to me. I lived an entire life before jumping into into public life and not having ever really planned to be in public life. There's real stuff out there that I've experienced and, and I can live to tell the tale at this point. Yeah. What is your relationship to Helen Lee, who owned Kingwa Restaurants? Is that your grandma? No, she's not my grandmother. She's oh, uh, okay. She's You're a, not no relation then. Okay, no. just a friend. Okay, you've talked openly about what it was like to grow up in the 11th Ward because of its history of racial division, particularly in Bridgeport. You've talked about the transition you made in third grade out of your cocoon at Saint Teresa Elementary, a Catholic school, and then you went to Whitney Young. You mentioned being, at one point as a kid, afraid of being teased because you were different. Did you get teased? What kind of discrimination did you face? And how has the ward changed since then? Just to recount the story here, I, I attended an all-Catholic um, school in Chinatown called St. Therese. It's an excellent school today. But I attended there until the third grade, and my parents let me know that they were transferring my brother and I to um, a public school. Now, I was, like you said, in a little bit of a safe haven in Chinatown, really. That was my worldview was the, the neighborhood that I grew up in. And 
you know, the thought of going to public school, because I thought that if you were Catholic, you had to go to Catholic school. Again, this is like little eight-year-old me, <laughs> what I knew. Um, and I, the first thing I said to my parents was, what if they find out I'm Catholic? I, I didn't think that you were supposed to go to public school if you were a Catholic kid. I think very quickly, when I transferred to Mark Sheridan Math and Science Academy in Bridgeport, it's a magnet school, my, my eyes were really opened up. I met kids that didn't look like me for the first time. And they were, we were just kids being together and like in the same classes, liking the same things. Back then it was scratch and sniff stickers. <laughs> we were <laughs> trading a lot of sticker collections at the time. So I didn't get, I didn't get teased at school or anything like that, but certainly back in the, now I'm going to age myself. It's also a matter of public <laughs> at this point, but that was back in the mid eighties. Um, and there were plenty of times when I may have been like walking through a part of um, the neighborhood that people maybe weren't familiar with me when I would get called a chink or go home or something. And that, uh, sadly, that is not uncommon and doesn't always feel good. I've, I, I've never been, um, I've never been the victim of any sort of like physical violence, but certainly verbal assaults in that way with you know, racial epithets and what have you. I haven't, no, I don't believe that it, it is. I haven't experienced it myself. And there may still be, there may still be pockets of that. I mean, the, with everything that's gone on with COVID I, and the former president's rhetoric, I think really just opened the door and gave people permission to come at members of the Asian American community and not just the Chinese ones. I think we've seen that sort of violence um, against Asian Americans increase tremendously over the, the COVID period because we were blamed for it. Public safety is the number one issue. Every poll shows it. What does Chicago need to do to make people and visitors feel safe again? And particularly in Chinatown, where we saw a murder, a 71-year-old man going to buy a newspaper during school hours, Woom Sing Si. Yeah, that's a really loaded question, Fran. <laughs> my my second week on the job, I can't say that I've got any sort of five-point plan that uh, will solve everything. But here's what I know. Here's what I believe. And I believe that um, safety is everybody's responsibility and everybody's got a role to play in that, whether that is reporting crimes that happen. And that's really important. And that is, that's something that has uh, been a challenge in the Asian American community, sometimes with, with newer immigrants who are unwilling to report crimes. And not reporting crimes really handicaps the police and their ability to track and see trends as well. And public safety, it's not just about the police either. Um, that means working with city services to make sure that we have consistent good lighting on all of our neighborhood streets, making sure that people feel safe to, to be out and about. And I would love to get back to this sort of, I, I don't even want to call it nostalgia, because I think it's very possible and can be something that we can have in our future, where people in communities block by, by, excuse me, block by block, I won't try to say that 10 times fast, can feel good in the summertime, like going out for a walk after dinner sitting out on the stoop and talking with neighbors. That sort of community and having people be present, I think automatically reduces the, the likelihood that something's going to be happening on that street because it's not a desolate street. I think COVID um, and, and the need to be separate from other people has also contributed to this and just made, it, made the environment um, a little bit more attractive for those that are looking to commit crimes because there's, it's just gotten 
little bit easier. I think there's lots to be done. I don't have all the answers, but that's my belief. And what I'm working towards here in the 11th Ward is talking to residents about their concerns, making sure that we've got a good open line of communication with the police district commanders and police officers in the neighborhood. And also working How is Chinatown for- doing? Do people feel safe to come and dine and shop in this wonderful Chicago treasure of a neighborhood? I know there's an arrest that's been made, but has Chinatown come back or not? I, I think since COVID, is that your question? Um, yeah, or since the murder or since everything. Yeah, I, happily, because I go out on the weekends too into the neighborhood. The streets still continue to bustle with tourists and visitors coming into the neighborhood. I appreciate all the Chicagoans and tourists that still continue to come to the neighborhood for all of the really like amazing food here and, and culture that you can find Um I don't know that um, I, I have any statistics on that would say otherwise. It's still hard to find parking. That's usually my barometer for how busy things yeah. are in the neighborhood. And on a Saturday night for dinner, I, I'll be walking. I'm not going to be driving because um, parking is way too hard. You've tied the exodus of Black families and, frankly, all middle-class families from Chicago, if they can afford to leave, to the lack of education choices in addition to crime, not just those kids who can get manage to get the perfect test score needed to gain entry into selective enrollment schools. You believe that there need to be really good choices for all kids because it's way too much pressure on young people to have to be perfect on a test. What do we need to do on that front? So just to be clear, I wasn't trying to tie the, the exodus of black families, and I'm, I'm not sure all, that I ever said all that. All middle class families, yeah. you were saying. Uh, yeah, families in yeah. general. And I, I know yeah. families of, of all races that are faced with the same sort of dilemma when their kids get to be middle school to junior high age, and they're having to think about what the process is going to be for high school. And applying to a selective enrollment school is sometimes harder than getting into college. And it's a lot of stress on the children. Um, on the young people and on on families as well. It's a fact, right? It's happening. And we need better quality options so that if you don't happen to get that, like you said, perfect score or score high enough and have just the right combination of factors to get one of these coveted spots, that your only other two options are to go to a school maybe where you don't feel safe and or have your family move to an area where you don't have to worry about that. I think a lot of families are faced with that. And I'm really committed that um, that Chicago be a place where families and, and young people have opportunities to succeed and thrive. And it's not an easy thing to do. We know here in the 11th Ward and, and Chinatown, we've been involved in a lot of conversations about the need for high school. We have wonderful elementary schools in, in and around this region and not enough high schools. And I believe that CPS and the city, there's, there's, there's plenty of will there. The reality of it, this needle that has to be threaded too, is on the execution. There's not a whole lot of land and available space to build new or convert. So I think it's a very complex challenge, but I, I feel good that the community organizations, parents, and, uh, and city officials, as well as the at CPS, are working towards the same goal. So what do you propose then? I actually don't have a proposal. <laughs> I propose that we continue to have this conversation and work as hard as we can to find solutions 
for this really immense challenge that we have, or, or we're going to wind up in the same spot that we're in today, continuing to lose people. You have two handsome boys who are teenagers. What did you do with them? Both of my boys, I, I am very fortunate that my boys both were able to test into and attend today Whitney Young. This is there a legacy yeah. thing where they... <laughs> there is a legacy. They are carrying it on. They've successfully um, carried it on. I, I have a freshman and a, a seventh grader. For me, that pressure is off now that my, my seventh grader, he'll, he'll automatically have the opportunity to attend high school at Whitney Young. So that part of it's done. But you need a Chinatown high school for the rest of the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for the rest be? of, and, and, and for the 11, and other parts of the 11th Ward as well. It's not just a Chinatown issue. So I don't, I want to be clear about that. Of course, yeah. but it's been a long standing goal and it still hasn't yes. happened. And, yes. and it has know been a long, but that is a fact. It should be. Where should it I, be? I don't. Okay. Do you think it's going to happen soon? I hope it happens sooner than later. Like but soon, as like most when? things go, soon like when, um, like this year, next year, or at least construction to begin. So I, I'm not sure what it would take, honestly, on the process. So I wouldn't even begin to speculate. I, I was when I was a parent of elementary school kids in the community and chairing the LSC. I was really hopeful that something could be done so that my yeah. own children could attend the high school. So yeah, no if that's any luck. sort of time horizon for you, that yeah. you know. I absolutely, I don't want to say in my lifetime because that's too long. I plan to live a really long time. I, think, I, I absolutely want to be able to see it for the kids that are growing up in my neighborhood. Both city ward maps headed for a June 28th referendum, one drawn by the Black Caucus and backed by 33 older persons, the other favored by the Hispanic Caucus with 15 supporters, would turn the 11th ward into the first Chicago ward with an Asian American majority. Which map do you support? So in this, in the first two weeks that I've been on the job, understanding the word maps and, and getting fully up to speed on those hasn't been my top priority. But when I do sit down and I will, my, my main focus and the lens with which I'm going to review those maps is through the lens of what's best for the 11th Ward um, residents today. But still no determination on which one? No. Do you agree with Chinese American civic leaders who have expressed grave concern about the referendum in terms of the bitter climate and racial division it might foment? I, I think that's that's always underlying. I've talked previously about how how I have felt personally that the Asian American community has been a minority of convenience or an ethnic group of convenience where we were heralded um, for diversity numbers in one sense, and then in other places, we don't have access to the services. I'm always concerned for how our community begins to be used as a wedge to, to drive division between groups. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely aware of that and, and on the lookout and really trying to, trying to do what I can to make sure that isn't actually what happens. But of course, people have to make up their own minds. Mayor Lightfoot's gang forfeiture ordinance is hung up and committed. Do you support that or do you agree with some of your new colleagues that innocent family members could get caught up in the web of seizures? So that's not something that I, I'm super familiar with at this point. So I'm not going to I'm not going to comment on that at this time. The casino. We have three sites in the running. One of them is close to your ward, the 78 local. Alderman Byron Sitchka Lopez is opposed to it, pointing to the results of a poll 
People are concerned about crime and traffic congestion and increased gambling. How do you feel about that? I'm actually going to be attending the town hall today for that for that exact casino. So I'm in major listening mode right now. I want to hear from my constituents what their biggest concerns are regarding any of the casinos, and in particular, obviously, this one that's going to be closest in proximity, uh, potentially, on that 78 site. Are you concerned about it? Am I concerned about... Yeah, about some of the issues that the residents have raised about traffic yeah. and crime and gambling and so on. Yes, I what are share their concerns. concerns. I, I share the concerns uh, about having a big facility like that in super close proximity to to residential areas in general. Um, yeah, there there are a lot of very valid concerns around crime and and gambling. It, it, we have buses that come through Bridgeport and Chinatown on a daily basis from Indiana and other places to pick people up. So. Yeah, I, I definitely I have concerns uh, about the, the impact on our community and, and what that looks like. It's uh, it's everything from not wanting the, those resources to be leaving Chicago. The first time in 30 years when the city's been been fighting for this for a long time. And now we, we have to, as a city and as a city council, figure out what what's going to be the best location for this new casino. When the Mike Madigan indictment came out, Mayor Lightfoot argued that it and the maneuverings of former zoning chairman turned FBI mole Danny Solis underscored the need for her to finally take on and end all the manic prerogative over zoning. Even her closest allies pushed back on that and warned her that this was a city council fight she was destined to lose. How do you feel about that? Like I said, it wasn't necessarily keeping an eye on, the, on all of the indictments and, and what have you. Obviously, I saw it in the news. I, my my role is to serve the residents of the 11th Ward, and I want to be able to have their the residents have a voice in things that are going on in the ward. So from that perspective, I think it's important that we continue to be able to be that voice for our constituents. The Great Chicago Giveaway, gas cards, vendor cards, 5,000 bicycles, security camera rebates, guaranteed basic income. How do you feel about this approach? So, again, getting focused on, on resident services for the first couple of weeks here, I haven't had much opportunity to, to dig into every single one of the things that you just listed. I will tell you that in, in general, specifically on, on cameras, not in general, on the, the camera uh, and the lights sort of program, I, I know from experience and what I've seen in the ward and in my community where residents sharing their, their video footage has led to um, assistance with the investigations, including the one that you spoke about earlier, Wim Singh C and his, his murder police were able to apprehend that assailant within hours because of the the help from the community neighborhood watch and their connectivity to video footage in the area. I think that would be a positive contribution to, to helping with safety. As for the rest of it, I'm digging in, digging into to more of this about the fuel cards. I think right now a lot of people are hurting. And if there's a way for the city to provide some even temporary relief. I don't think that's a bad thing. Nicole, I wish you the very best of luck. And hopefully next time you'll take some stands on some of the issues that you're still learning about. And I, I don't uh, fault you for that at all. There's definitely a learning curve to being a Chicago alderman. Best of it luck. Is a, 
A big one. Thank you, Fran. I appreciate the opportunity. And I've got still a lot of studying to do. Hopefully the next time we talk, I'll have a little bit more to, to say about some of these things. All righty. And do you know whether you're going to run for this? So two weeks in, I haven't made up my mind. I, I still, I still okay. I, I, no, I, I need to make sure I can do this job well and that I can earn that privilege to, to have the residents want to, to see me do it too. All right. Best of luck on your opening day next uh, week and good luck to the Cubs too, even though I don't have much hope for this season. Hope th- hope this is the Sox year and we will all see right. you all next week. Thanks very much, Fran. Take care.